Hey, party people. Hey, party people. Hope you're having a good day. <laughs> Today, I'm excited. We're talking about something that uh, this has been a revelation in the process, in the making for years, mm-hmm. I think. And I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, just kind of talking about this. And and it's so great when you have a conversation with a fellow believer. Yeah. And in just in that conversation, you can begin to get ideas and things become right. refined and whatever. And so out of that, I started... Yeah, and the Holy Spirit speaks during that, you know? Yeah. So out of that, I started writing some more. And anyway, that ends up being what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a couple different angles on this, but really why money is the perfect idol. And, it really is. And, you know, and then on the other, the flip side of that is that all the things that we look to money for are actually the things that God wants to be in our lives. Mm. And so I just want to kind of explain and explore some of the revelation that we've gotten on this yeah. over the last few years. And yeah, and hopefully this is a blessing to you as you're on your journey as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let me start here. Just like at a really, really high level, we have, as believers, uh, money, the role of money in our lives is different than non-believers. Mm-hmm. And our worlds are completely different. And Well, it should be. Yeah. It yeah. should be different. It's not always different. Yes, you're exactly point. right. Exactly yes. right. And that's kind of why we're talking about this. Right. Uh, because it's not like you become a Christian, you automatically like get all this stuff figured out and yeah. get it all sorted out. It's a work in progress. And, you know, as we continue to grow in the Lord and, you know, immerse ourselves in the word and allow him to change us, that's when the fruit of that comes out. But, yeah. but the fact is, I'm convinced that far too much of the church is following the world's money system Mm -hmm. and handling money the way that the world does. Like we actually just had, uh, I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast or something, um, just had a missionary uh, go through our book and he said, wow, he's a missionary, been in ministry all his life and said, I can't believe how much of my thinking is worldly thinking when it comes to money. I didn't realize how, you know, much I had shifted and drifted from that. And that's just what it is. Like, we got to get lined up with the word. And I think he was specifically pointing out, like, I wish there was more education like this. Yeah. And so his point was not that. Yeah. I mean, his his point was basically like, for as long as he had been in ministry, he still wasn't hearing people talking about how to view money the way God wants us to, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that. It, yeah, it was, it's sad, and it's also exciting that he is getting it and that yeah. we can all be on a journey and get it at some point. So Yeah, yeah. so kind of coming back to this, I, I'm going to take this from a couple different angles, but I want to start by looking at, for non-believers, the role that money plays in their lives. I want to go down a couple, a list of different items. So the first one is, it's their provision, mm-hmm. okay? Because money is what they need to survive, Right. right? Okay. Absolutely. That's an easy one. Yeah. It's also their security. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm a non-believer, like this is how I'm going to protect myself. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I'm going to use to build some sort of insulation and some walls to protect myself. And stuff. It's going to come through money. Right. Uh, it's going to be their status. I am more important than you uh, because I have money or I'm less important than you or, because I have money. Oh, they're snobby. Because they have more important, or they they have more money, and they think they're more important. Yeah. And I'm more humble, and you know, yeah. there's so a the lot wrapped up in that. Is is the big piece of that? Yeah. Um, their peace uh-huh. is attached to their money, and so you know, this is saying things like, "I won't worry 
you know, if I have more money. And so, like, once I have more money, then I'll be at peace, mm-hmm. you know. And that day never comes. Yeah. Just a heads up. Yeah. Uh, more, money, more money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. I mean, but it's really true. Like, the point of it is that as you're getting more money, you accumulate more things, have more people to take care of or more yeah. things to take care of, you more know. More things to clean. Yeah, all that stuff. Right. Yes. Well, yeah, and. And you, you have to maintain that. Biggie Especially was smart. when what your can I say? status is wrapped up in that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Right. So, yeah, so their joy is tied up in mm-hmm. it. Like, I will be happy when I reach X amount of dollars, right? Uh, their power, their source of their power comes from their money, mm-hmm. right? I'll be able to control things when I have more money. Like, how, how many examples have we seen of this mm-hmm. where people use their money, their 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 wealth to control and to manipulate. And so it becomes their source of power. But also on the opposite side, just saying, well, I don't have any money, so I can't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can't. That's my excuse. I can't do that because of that. Uh Uh, Money is their purpose. Okay. Mm. So the goal in life is to chase money, to accumulate money or whatever. To get a better job. Yeah. High paying job. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm speaking, I'm painting a wide brush here with saying unbelievers, because obviously there's plenty of people with different, but, you know, as a broad generalization compared to us as believers, um, that's what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And then their identity. (laughs) I am who my bank account says that I am. Yeah. Right. And, you know, my portfolio and my investments and everything else. Yeah. And this is uh, anyway. We'll get into some of that. But like the thing about it is as Christians, God wants to be the source of each one of those things in our lives. Yeah, amen. And if we are turning to money for any of those things in our lives, like we're missing it, we're drifting. And this is why uh, money is the perfect idol Mm -hmm. because it is the thing that is trying to replace God for all of those things in our lives. Yep. You know, and an idol is anything that takes the place of God in our lives, okay? So point is, when we're looking to money for any of these things, whether that's our status, our peace, our security, our provision, our joy, our power, our purpose, identity, any of these things, mm-hmm. like we're just missing out. Yeah. We're, we're doing a halfway version of it at best. At worst, we are just flat out, um, you know, choosing to serve mammon mm-hmm. rather than God. You yeah. know? And I, and I love that. Like, uh, what was that? Matthew or whatever, where he was talking about that. He said, you can only serve one. You can only serve mammon or God. It wasn't mm-hmm. a don't do this. It was a statement of fact. Yeah. That you can only serve one. Yeah. And so you get to pick, mm-hmm. you know, who you're going to serve. And and I think so often this isn't a, uh, this isn't an intentional, oh, well, I think I'm going to serve mammon today. It's like, we're all believers. We're not, I don't think most of us are going to do that, but I think through our actions, we very well might find that the decisions that we're making might lean a little bit more in that direction. Yeah. I have something to say, which I'm excited to, but we have a little visitor that I'm going to take care of real quick. All right. Keep going. See a little visitor. So we have a four-year-old, and his favorite thing in the world is to, as soon as we actually are right outside our room, if you ever want to come check out our office, we have a on-air sign that I bought because I'm like, this will be great. I'll put this right outside the office. The kids will see this light on and then they'll just stay out because the light will be on. And it works pretty well for our nine-year-old and a six-year-old. They got it. But the four-year-old, it's like a moth to a flame where as soon as it's on, it's like, 
I'm going to come knock. It is my time to come get hugs from mom and dad. So anyway, that's what Linda's doing right now. But anyway, I want to hear what her thought is on this. So I'm going to, I'm trying to hang tight for her, but we'll keep moving a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of an example here of something that, you know, you coming back? I'm coming back. All right, well, share your thought. Do you still have it? I'm sorry. Yeah, I do still have it, but I don't want to interrupt what you're saying. No, no, no. Okay. Go for it. Well, I was just thinking another thing is like your friendships are tied into how much money you have too. Yeah. And like if you start making less money, you no longer fit in because you can't mm -hmm. afford the same things. Yeah. Or if you start making more money, like what yeah. happens to your identity in that? Like I just think that that's another thing we can add in here. Yeah. Another point to add in here because it really it really can affect Yeah, there's a lot. It. I mean, this is just the list I came up with, but mm -hmm. I think there's so many other things too that right. God wants to be in our lives that we're choosing or, you know, one way or another to allow money to fulfill that thing. So Yeah, I one time heard this thing where they where she said you have to purposefully take your trust out of something negative and purposefully put it mm, into God. That's good. I think that's really applicable here. Yeah, and I like that idea of, of like I'm taking it out of taking my trust out of money as my security. Yep. And I am choosing to put my trust in God for my security, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to just walk through a couple examples here. So if we are looking to money for as our source of peace, mm -hmm. it'll never be able to provide that peace that Jesus gives. Mm -hmm. And and I think we all intuitively know this, but we also like want to find out for ourselves. Yeah, like we <laughs> want to find out, but we also are just kind of drawn back to it. There's this natural yeah. drawing towards money mm -hmm. as this idol. And and in our lives, you know? And, and so I think we all know that Jesus is the true source of peace. Right. But yet, I think in the back of our brains, we're all thinking, um, and I guess I can't speak for you listening, I'll speak for myself. Uh, so often it comes to me just thinking, well, man, if we just really reach that next financial goal, like mm -hmm. that would provide peace. Yeah. And the fact is that Jesus can provide far more peace in the middle of the thing that we're in. Mm -hmm. The worst financial crisis we can be in, we can be at more peace than whatever, Warren Buffett with his $90 billion, like financially. Absolutely. You know? And that's what's so important and what so many people fail to realize. Mm -hmm. uh, and the beautiful thing is about that peace can never be stolen. Yeah. It can never be taken away. You know, so all these people, the, any billionaire, like they all pretty much have like a private um, security team. Mm -hmm. Like uh, uh, Zuckerberg, I think I heard his private security team. It's like whatever, $5 million, $10 million a year they spend on like private security wow. for him. Now, he's a CEO of a company. It's not just wealth, but that's a big part of it. It's like, right. so there's a target on his back and people want to take his money mm -hmm. because it's there. Anyway, all that to say, like, the peace that comes from Jesus, it just far supersedes that, you know? Right. Another example here is like, if we're looking to our bank account for our identity, right? Or mm -hmm. in allowing our self-worth to be determined by our bank account. Mm -hmm. um, and it, again, it doesn't matter how little or how much we have. Because I, I remember being in those positions where, oh, I'm not earning much in my job or my bank account's really low. And I'm around this person who earns a whole lot more. And therefore, I feel less than. Yeah. Or some of those seasons where we were earning a whole lot of money. And it's like I found myself just walking a little bit taller and a little bit, I, you know, and just uh -huh. a subtle creeping in of of that, of my identity huh. being shifted. I'm a little by, smarter. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, that's another thing. You start right. making more money and all of a sudden you start thinking you're smarter than other people because of that. Uh, 
So anyway, point is, if you can't tell, we've been on a journey of ups and downs, <laughs> and the Lord has which it's been so... had to beat some of this into us a little bit. I think. Yeah, and Maybe it's been beat. so good. He doesn't good. beat us, but you know what I mean. But it's been so good. Yeah. Because as much as I, you know, don't like ups and downs like everyone else, but it's taught us so much. Like we learned so yeah, much. Yeah, it brings so much humility, and it 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 makes your reliance on God even deeper because. When you start realizing the flaw in each of these different areas, and the countless more that there are, I'm sure, but when you start realizing the flaws in putting your trust in something else other than God, every single time it just draws you closer and closer to Him. And so He doesn't... I I don't think we go through these seasons because, like, I made that joke about Him beating it out of us. I don't... He doesn't beat things out of us. He actually just draws us. Yeah. And... The, the, the ugly stuff that's there hurts when it leaves, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so kind of going back to that last example of drawing our identity, our self-worth based on the bank account, whether high or low, mm-hmm. like the fact of the matter remains is that our identity is in Christ. And when we yeah. understand that, the value that we, every single one of us, every single one of you listening mm-hmm. has, the price that Jesus paid for you, how important and valuable you yeah. are, like there is no dollar amount, like and Absolutely. that is our true identity. Yeah. We are sons and daughters of the living God. Mm-hmm. We are fearfully and wonderfully. And when made. we understand that, and we can walk in it, we can walk into a room with Warren Buffett, who I don't believe to be serving Jesus, and have pity and sympathy on him, like in seeing as we have the upper hand. Not <laughs> you are so much better than me because you're a third richest man in the world. Like we walk into that room different, with a confidence and assurance that we are kids of the living God. And that is our identity. And it's Mm -hmm. not in the amount of money that we have. And so we can go to the country club and schmooze with these people because we have that amount of money. Right. And that just changes the game. And then if you do have that money, but your identity isn't tied up in it, how much more powerful is that? Yeah. How much better is that? Because Mm -hmm. now it's your identity is not in it. You're not attached to it, but you can use it as a tool to advance the kingdom. That's so good. So that's Anyway, that's what we're excited about. That's what we're going to share here. But I love that. Let's just break down each one of these as well, like what this looks like a little bit. So uh, as believers, uh, provision, like this first one here, okay? So again, non-believers are looking to money as our source of provision. We are looking to God as our source of provision. Mm-hmm. Philippians 4.19, like he is our provider. He's the one who provides. Regardless of whether money's coming in from a paycheck, regardless of what the bank account says, regardless of any of these things, he is a provider yeah. outside of all of that. It supersedes all of that, all of the circumstances. And that is really assuring, reassuring. Yeah. Well, and we were just talking about this the other day. Bob and I were talking about our dishwasher. <laughs> I said, I think we need a new dishwasher. We need a, or we need like new, uh, what are they called? Like the little trays that the, go the in. The racks like, in the dishwasher. The racks, yeah. Like the I feel kids like- have- successfully destroyed yeah it's fine (laughs) at least they do the dishes (laughs) so um so i was telling bob i was like i think we might need to like get new trays for the dishwasher whatever and he goes let's just get a new dishwasher because our dishwasher probably does need to be replaced and i said need some help i went okay lord we'd like a new dishwasher you know just kind of joking a little bit like i just you know it was one of those like add it to the list type of moments And which I'm sure we all have. But then I started thinking, I was like, hold on a second. If we are ambassadors for Christ, then our provision actually is from the Lord. Yeah. And so if I was an ambassador for America in a different country, 
and my house was needing repairs, wouldn't I call up the U.S. government and go, hey, I need money to do da-da-da-da-da? Yeah. And they would give me the money or the things that I needed based on where I was living as as the ambassador there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, do we 100% need a dishwasher? Okay, there's lots of people who hand wash dishes. Like, I was really thinking this through. And I I mean, I don't know that I can base my whole theology on this, but it was an interesting uh, idea here where, no, we don't 100% need a dishwasher in order to get the dishes clean. But if we are an ambassador and we are placed in a certain, like, depending on where we're placed, the needs are provided based on where we are, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, is I think this... that's good. I think that's a good revelation with that. Yeah, because we, it's like if I were placed in a hut in, you know, I don't know, some third world country, and I called up and I was like demanding a dishwasher, that would maybe yeah. feel a little bit yeah. off. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that was what I kind of yeah, where I, how I was thinking through this. Different provision for different assignments mm-hmm. in different situations. So that makes sense. All right. I have this little key yeah. again. So, Hold on. Okay. So looking at the next one, security. Okay. Like this is what's so cool. You know, like we can trust in the Lord our God as our source of security. And if we're looking, again, like looking at status, um, you know, whereas the world might say I am more important or I am less than because of the amount of money I have or because of whatever, like our situation is just so much different because we know our status. We know our position. We know uh, who we are because of Jesus. And so that just changes it. And then the peace component, like that's one of the most beautiful things is that we have the Prince of Peace who uh, no matter what the situation is that we can be facing, we can walk through it with peace. And I feel so bad for people who are uh, chasing money as their source of peace because it's a false god. It is an idol that will never satisfy or will never satisfy that desire in anyone's heart. And if we're looking at joy, like that's a beautiful thing. Like I, if I look back and honestly kind of uh, acknowledge through some of our ups and downs, some of my most joyful moments when were when financially we were doing the worst. And, and so that's just an interesting thing that I've observed. Uh, and that doesn't mean that, you know, just because you're doing better financially, you're not going to have joy. But, but I think the point for me that I've realized is it's not connected. Like they're, they're independent mm-hmm. of each other. So yeah. the joy is because of my connection with God and my relationship with Jesus. It's not because of what's going on in the bank account, whether high or low or anything else. Yeah. Have you I noticed like that? that? Have you experienced that at all? Um, yeah, I do. Attention? I do think that hardship brings out more intimacy with the Lord, which yields um, joy, man. Which, yeah, really big time does. So, I mean, I don't know that I've like connected it as well as you have. Maybe I just haven't thought about it yeah. much. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not in disagreement. Yeah, and so <laughs> in terms of power, like it's it's yeah. amazing when we look at the uh, the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us and. What he can do, and, and we go back to the book of Acts, and we watch these guys who, uh, you know, Peter, who was just floundering and denying Jesus, and it's like, doesn't look like a real powerful man. Looks like he's kind of cowering in fear and running and hiding. Mm-hmm. And yet, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, like, we watch that power 
go through him and yeah. what happened. And it's like, we have that available to us, you know? Yeah. And, and again, back in the book of Acts, like uh, all these magicians and whatever were, were trying to buy that power, you know? And we have this available to us. And it's, I so much would rather have that than all the power that we can get from controlling people based on how much money's in yes. a bank account. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And our purpose, mm-hmm. you know, our goal in life is not to accumulate as much as we can or anything else like that. But like we have a purpose that's so much higher, so much deeper and richer, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is that God has put in us individually to do that supersedes any dollar amount or just is so much more valuable, so much more fulfilling than just chasing numbers. And again, yeah. speaking a little bit from experience here, like we've had seasons where I found myself just chasing more, mm-hmm. higher numbers, whatever. And I can tell you just how ridiculously unfulfilling that was in those seasons. And and it's fun for about five minutes <laughs> where it's like, oh, wow, things were up here, and then they went up higher, and then it went up higher, you know? But it's like it really quickly becomes super unfulfilling. Yeah. And especially you contrast that with when you're walking in the fullness of who God created you to be, to do the thing that he made you to do, mm-hmm. it's like it is just fulfilling beyond measure. Yeah. Well, and I think that fullness of what you're talking about, the fullness of what God created you to do is different because it grows. It actually grows. Yeah. As we continue to walk in it and we see the new things that he has for us, it starts to grow and he gives us a little bit more, like another piece of the picture of what the fullness looks like. Yeah. And... I mean, that's exciting to me, too, that that actually doesn't end. Mm-hmm. And that will just yeah. keep growing as we mature in God and as we, you know, obviously mature in age, Yeah. too. Yeah. But, yeah, it's that's good. great. So, anyway, these are, uh, I probably should have led with this, but I would say these are our thoughts on all the stuff that are in Revelations that are, I feel like, unfolding mm-hmm. and that are a work in progress. Yeah. And we'll have more to come on this Uh I like talking this stuff out with you. Hopefully you're okay with that because it helps me get clearer on it. And uh, and I love hearing from you guys as well mm-hmm. when it sparks something in you and you're like, oh, well, I should share this with Bob, you know? So, yeah. so if this sparks something in you where it's like, yes, yeah, send me an article if it comes to mind or send me your other revelations and thoughts that tie into this because I'd love to just continue to develop this and expand on this. Yeah. Because I have no doubt there's something really, really significant here. And uh, the fact is we need the whole body of Christ to understand this because uh-huh. I think there's just way too many people that are, whether they realize it or not, serving mammon to more of a capacity than they realize and have made an idol out of money in some areas of their lives mm-hmm. because it's really, really hard not to, like especially in the world that we live in right now. It's really hard to keep our identity in all these different things Focused on God rather than money, yeah. you know? Well, and I think just because you get a revelation, you know, that moment of clarity when you realize, oh, that's what that scripture means or, you know, whatever, or that's what that concept is that I've always heard in the Bible, but now it's actually clicking in my head. The thing is, is just because you understand it better than you ever have before doesn't mean that the issues of life don't still come up. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, you think you have it. I, I, that's what I think. I'm like, it's kind of like once you learn addition and subtraction, you're like, oh, I've got this for life. It's, it, but it's not just that. 
It's like... There's a test. I think God gives a test a lot of times, or multiple tests, to confirm that you actually know the thing right. in your heart. Right. And not just in your head. Or, or like my daughter will come up and, she, you know, she's five or six, and she'll say, what's 10 plus 10? <laughs> and she's like so smart. And I'm like, you tell me. And she's like, it's 20. You know, and she so she thinks she knows all there is to know about numbers because she knows 10 plus 10 is 20. And it's really sweet, you know, but when <laughs> I think that's what the Lord does to us sometimes where, you know, he bursts out laughing when it's like we're like, oh, yeah, we get it. We get it now. And he's like, OK, good, good, good job. <laughs> Good for yeah, you. Yeah, but, but not in a <laughs> condescending way, but an actual lovingly calling us oh, up Oh, yeah. yeah. And for my six-year-old daughter, knowing that 10 plus 10 is 20 is great. Yeah. For where she is, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't end. The, the wisdom and the revelation of God will never, ever end. Yeah. So, yes, we love hearing what other people have to say um, just for that reason. Yeah. You know? All right. I want to share uh, a little bit of one of the things I like doing on this podcast is just sharing some of what God's up to in the community. Yeah. And a lot of times we're pulling these from reviews that we've gotten from some things. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, hear our heart on this. It's not just to um, highlight all the positive reviews, but a lot of times that's how we see some of the things that God's doing. And right. to be quite honest, the reviews for like our book or our course, it's like, this is our life's work. And this is the stuff that we are seeing God move on the most and the most impact on, mm-hmm. which is why um, that that's seems to be where we're seeing a lot of this stuff. But yeah. But anyway, this is a review uh, that somebody posted about our book that I thought was just really cool, just kind of seeing how God's using it. But he said, this book is amazing. It's relatable. Uh, that's what I think sets it apart. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme or a book that dives into investing terminology that the average person can't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. He said it goes. He said it's a story about someone who's been where most people have been, broken in debt, and gives you the real-life, hands-on, step-by-step principles to change that, encourage you and motivates you to get debt-free, save, and give. Okay, my favorite so, part so far is how he explains that we are a conduit for God. Our finances should flow through us according to his desires. Mm-hmm. It's like God has Venmoed us money. <laughs> it's still God's money, but we get to hold on to it. We may shovel it out as he asks, but the book says God's shovel is always bigger. All right, so this is where it gets good. He said, it has motivated me to make some changes in my giving. Mm. Although that seems counterintuitive when we become uh, when becoming debt-free, God always provides and bless the giver, and Bob shows proof of that in his own life in this book. I don't think I can even accurately describe how good this book is, but I'm all in. I got sick of being where I was with my finances and not having the knowledge on what to do. Yeah. Uh, and I was tired of getting in and out of debt, so I prayed and did something about it. Mm. I followed on Instagram, paid for their class, implemented changes, got their podcast, and now I have the book, and it hasn't disappointed. So, yeah, that's um, so cool. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. But it's just cool when you see God moving on someone's life. And mm-hmm. this is from uh, Dusty Poe. And uh, thank you, Dusty, for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, like always, well, Dusty, if you hear this, let us know, and we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Well, and what I like about what Dusty is saying, and this is honestly how I feel in my own life, is that I, I love hearing people's you know, download from heaven about a specific yeah. you know thing where you know you have that moment, that light bulb moment of like, okay, now I understand it. But oftentimes when we share that, it can translate a little bit, but the practical practical things, it's like, okay, but how do I actually do this? Like, yeah. I agree with what you're saying, 
you know, and I'm yeah. trying to do that, but how do I actually do it? And those to me are the times when I hear those things where it's like the, this is what the Bible says. Okay. I'm connecting all that, but then giving me the practical steps on what to do next. This just happened to me actually last week and it is changing my life. But that's what we always seek to do. And that's yeah. what the, the book is and the classes and everything. Yeah. Because it's, it's easy to just be like, well, just don't make money an idol. It's like, well, how do I do that though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know Never that did. part. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So anyway, your action step for today is take what we were talking about. Uh, you know, go back and listen to this podcast again if you need to. Write these things down and just take this to the Lord and pray mm-hmm. and ask him, you know, honestly, like which one of these areas or any of these areas am I elevating money in a place it shouldn't be in my life? Yeah. Has it, you know, become an idol in one way or another? Has it become my source of security? Has it become my source of joy yeah. or whatever? And and just having that honest conversation with him and allow him to reveal to you what those things are. And then even within that, he's going to reveal or ask him to reveal the specific action steps for it. And, right. You know, keep hanging out with us. Get on our email newsletter. Like, we're going to dump as many practical things on you as possible. Yeah. Uh, but but also digging into the word for, yeah. okay, I'm noticing that I've put money in the place of my security. Well, what does God say about being my security? Yeah. What is, you know, what are some of the things that where I am taking refuge in my money instead of taking refuge in the Lord? Yep. And there are lots of scriptures that you can go to yeah. for that one. Go start praying Psalm 91. Yeah. Somebody called it the Psalm 91 insurance. <laughs> that was their insurance policy. Yeah, I'm like, great. that's great. But like, that's how you, that's how you beat that in your head. Yeah. Like you, when I say beat, I mean, overcome. Yep. Yep. Not like I know you whip. <laughs> I'm following you, darling. <laughs> I want to make sure. All right. Make sure they are. But yes. Anyway, we appreciate you. Thanks for being part of the Seed Time community. Thanks for uh, listening. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and share with anybody who needs this. And uh, super excited to see you in the next episode. Yep. See you later. Adios. All right. We want to know if you've heard about our flagship class called True Financial Freedom. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's more than just a money class. Mm -hmm. It's really about fulfilling your God-given purpose, breaking free from hidden money beliefs and making a lasting impact. Yeah. And we've gotten feedback from students and they've said things like, it is the first class I've taken where at the end of each session, I felt equipped and not burdened. Yeah. And it's less theory and more realistic action steps and guidance. We've also heard it felt like a conversation with friends, which is awesome. Yeah, and it encouraged me in ways I didn't think I would ever experience. This class is on demand, and it's designed for churches and small groups as well as individuals. And you can get all the details at seedtime.com tff.